today, uh, I just want to start, uh, jump into today's kind of message and just kind of give you an explanation of where we're at. And uh, this, uh, this message series is called Love Came Down. And we've, for the last five years really, have done during Advent a Christmas series about the themes of Advent. And so in 2016, we did this series about all four of the, th- the themes. And so you have joy, you have hope, you have uh, peace, and then love. And so we did, a, we did a message on that each and every day uh, of that series back in 2016. And so then what we decided to do is then do focus message series on those themes individually for the next four years. And so in 2017, we did a series called Gift of Joy. In 2018, we did a series called Fresh Hope. And then um, in 2019, a series on Peace on Earth. And so now we're here concluding it. I mean, we're always, you know, do a Christmas series. But this month, we're focusing on love. And so today, our kind of topic or what we're wanting to unpack is that love came down to be with us. And so I don't know about you, as we come to the end of 2020, um, have you taken time to process all that's happened within the last year? Maybe all the things that you've had to deal with as it relates to COVID. Um, I think it's important that we do that from time to time, that we, you know, whether it's opening up a journal or just spending time even in prayer of just saying, God, like, what are my losses? What are the things that have impacted me in the last year? And I was just even thinking about this like where I was a year ago from today during this week. And so I have a picture. A year ago, I was in Maui with Danny, and I was body surfing my heart out, and we were having a great time. And it's just surreal to think that that was a year ago and to think of everything that's transpired from that time a year ago. And in, in, in these times of processing, one of the defining words that I keep coming back to is this word of absence. Uh. I bet when I read the definition, you probably have an experience that relates with this. But the definition of absence is an occasion or period of being away from a place or a person. And I feel like when I read that and I hear that word, in so many ways, absence explains the feelings that I've kind of felt from time to time in the last year. Uh, COVID-19 has caused many of us to be away from the people and places that we love. And I was just thinking this week, due to some complications in our Thanksgiving plans, we had to be away from our family. Uh, We all know that for a period of time, us, everyone here, of open life, and even those watching digitally, we've had to be away from the in-person normality of what we were used to. I think about all the work and struggle we went to to move into the Performing Arts Center for nine weeks and just how much of an accomplishment I felt like that was and for the teams involved, and then we kind of had to just end it. And so that's like absence. And I think about a friend of mine who has to be away from her husband because he's in a care facility. And the last time she's seen him was this summer in like these outdoor visits that were very short and socially distant. Um, And now she has to continue those visits through a window. And so I just think when we think about this, I'm sure you have your own stories of the last almost nine months of absence. And so now that I've got you in such a good mood and just like such a happy feeling, um, I just want to read through what we're going to be talking about today. It's Matthew 1, 18 through 24. This is how Matthew kind of intros the Christmas story. And so this is how he, he explains it. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. 
His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And so this is kind of where we want to land today, is that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so I just think like we're going to unpack what this means for us in this season. But it just seems like in years past, every year, there is so much going around our Christmas and the holiday season. We often have to make this push to remind ourselves, well, what's the real reason for Christmas? Like, what's the real, like, what's the heart behind this season? Because there's a presence of so many plans and um, things that just distract us from God's presence. So although I'm really sad about the absence of so many things this year, maybe this is an opportunity to focus on the presence of Jesus in those absences. How do we focus on um, the, the people and the places that currently seem so far away and realize that Jesus and God with us is here to be with us in this moment. And so I hope you're encouraged by our big idea today, and that's this, it's simply this. When everything feels absent, God is present. If there was ever a season we needed to know that Christ is present with us, I think this is the season, 2020, we need to know that God is with us. This is the season we need to learn and lean in on the very fact that God is with us. When everything feels absent, far away, and separated, this is a season to remind us that Jesus actually is God with us. He's close to us and joined together through his Holy Spirit. And so we have a couple of thoughts further detailing the ramifications for this, what this means for our lives. And we're going to just unpack these things. And one, one of these thoughts focuses like on our comfort and our confidence in knowing this. But then the other helps us shape what we're actually going to do with that confidence and that security. And so thought one today is God's presence secures us in his love. When it feels like everyone and everything has deserted us or left the building, it's important for us to realize that God is with us, allowing us to be secure in his love for us. We can know that we're not alone. And so I, I think about this word of insecurity. It comes when we put too much stock or too much of our focus into things that like we, uh, we try and attain by our own power. Like we, we try and do things on our own, we put our security in those things, and then when we fail, we have this sense of insecurity. 
And so this past year has caused a lot of insecurity, I think, for all of us because of the way COVID has really been tearing and upending everything that we may have put our stock in before. Think about it. Whether we're talking about our health, our finances, our relationships, our schedules, our education, our jobs and occupation, the way that everything has just been totally turned on its head in the last year has no doubt led to this feeling of insecurity. I don't feel secure in the things that I once thought were for sure. And so I felt these feelings as well. But over and over again in prayer, I'm just reminded that even when everything seems like it's insecure or seems that it's failing, I'm secure in who Christ is. I'm not immune to frustration. I've been very frustrated this year. I'm not immune to disappointment. There's been a lot of things I've been disappointed in. And I'm also not even immune to sorrow of just even just weeping over things that have been lost in the last year. But I've chosen to look at everything that may be crumbling and not think of it in the sense as all of this is agents of destruction, but really the, the events of the last year have been agents of revelation, where we've been getting to see if you, if you choose to look at it in the right way, everything that's happened in the last year has revealed where we've put our stock in, where we've put our hope in, where we've put our trust in, where we find our security from. And so just think about this psalm right now, Psalm 46, Psalm 46, one through three, and then we'll read the ending eight through 11. And, and just be encouraged today by what this says. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And then it goes on in verse 8. It says, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. How many times have we just said, I'm going to be still and know that God is God in this season? I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I just love that right at the beginning of Psalm 46. It says, God is an ever-present help in trouble. The Lord Almighty is with us. And so I really hope that this encourages you today, that we can be secure in God's love for us. God is with us in whatever situation that you find yourself in today. And so if you're in this education system and you're teaching and it's just fraught with frustrations, God is with you in those moments. If, you're, uh, if you are at home trying to figure out how your kids are doing online learning, God is with you in those moments. And I know it's hard, but we're there walking with God as we're going through this together. And so just yesterday, I, I bought this earlier, like a week ago, but it just got in the mail yesterday. And it's called, this book, it's called Hosanna in Excelsis. And if I was a seven-year-old, I would have said it's called Hosanna in Eggshells because when I was singing Joy to the World, um, they would say, or not Joy to the World, but when I, we were singing 
in eggshells these day, my uh, music teacher said, if you can't pronounce it, just say eggshells and you'll get by. And so what this book is, is it is a book that talks about Christmas carols and hymns and talks about who wrote them, how they were written, and things you can kind of ponder and process as you're reading them. And so it was it was cool. Last night, I just opened it up to Joy to the World because I knew we were singing that today. And it just had this um, spot, and I just wanted to read it to you because it, I think it's encouraging to where we're at today. And it says, as you sing this hymn, Joy to the World, the Lord has come, you are singing a Christmas hymn that never mentions Christmas. It's present tense. He reigns and rules with truth and grace both now and in the future. And so what is it about this song that has captured our hearts and made it so central to Christmas music? We live in essentially a joyless world. Everyone longs for joy. We might wonder what do non-believers think when they are singing this carol? From what lasting place is their joy if they do not believe in this reigning king? Even fields, floods, rocks, hills, and plains rejoice so Christians surely can be joyful. Let every heart prepare him room, and pure joy will come to you. Sing for joy at the wonders of his love. And so I just remember, like, as I was thinking about that last night, and just thinking, how do we know that God loves us? How do we know that he's with us? And when you, when I want to read this passage from Romans, I think you just understand the depths of God. God's love for us. Romans 8, 35 through 39, Paul is asking these questions and he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. And so then he says, no. And so that answers his first question about can anything ever separate us from God's love? He says, no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, that's Paul saying, but I'm convinced as well, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed. And listen to this, because I think this relates to COVID. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so what we're talking about is this love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, who remember when we read Matthew 18, said they will call him Emmanuel, is God with us. God's love is revealed because he has chosen to be with us. If nothing can separate us from this love, then I hope the security and confidence that we have in him moves from just this mind feeling or this heart feeling, and it begins to take root in the actions of our daily lives. I hope as followers of Jesus, we're not acting out of insecurity, but rather in the security we have in the ever-present help that comes from the God who loves us. In a time of uncertainty and turmoil, follower of Jesus can be those who are living our lives from a place of confidence and hope. We can be the leaders in this season who are filled with the Holy Spirit working to love our communities, big or small, out of the security that comes from God's love. 
for us. And so that's because God thought too, God's presence, his ever-present presence in our lives emboldens us to love. It emboldens us to love. It gives us confidence. It gives us strength. God loves you, and so when we choose to believe and accept that, we find security in that, and now it's time for this love to pass on to others. God's love, God's presence emboldens us to love. And so if you were walking through the Bible plan last weekend and you were reading on YouVersion, there, we are going through the themes of Advent, and it was just a quick four-day plan. It has a bunch of verses, just like kind of like one-off verses in their videos. And when it got to love on Sunday, uh, it talked about agape, because that's the Greek word for love that you often read, in the, especially in the Gospels and in the New Testament. And what I loved about it is they did an incredible job explaining that God's love is not just a feeling that we feel for someone or something, but actually it's rooted in action and the way we live our lives. And so they, they mentioned just one of these verses, but John, 1 John 4, 7 through 12 is where we kind of get this idea of action and love and why we would do that. And so John says this, he says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And I just love that last phrase. God's love is brought to full expression in us when we choose to love other people. And so how can God's presence give us the courage or confidence to love others, especially in this season that we're in right now? Well, I think one of the things we can do is realize something that we talked about earlier. If I'm feeling, if I'm feeling like everything is absent, if I feel like my plans have just left the building and I'm, I'm left with this feeling of absence and I need God's presence, I imagine that the people that I'm in relationship with, the people that I'm close to have also felt that as well. And so if I'm feeling like that, they're feeling like that. And so what if I take a cue from God and love others the way that he loves me and that's with my presence. One of the practical ways that we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus, specifically in this season, is to just be with others. Especially as we are celebrating this season, God with us over and over, Emmanuel, let's commit to be with others. And so now I understand that we're in this interesting time where we have to wear masks and we have to be socially distant. But have we done everything in our power with the resources that we have available to us to be able to be in the lives of those that are closest to us and even those that aren't closest to us? And so I'm talking about all the things that we could list off today. I'm talking about texts. I'm talking about phone calls. I'm talking about 
emails, personal letters, Zoom calls, Microsoft team calls, maybe you're a Cisco WebEx meetings kind of person. We all have our own flavor of what we like to use for our digital meetings. But I'm talking about comments, messages, outdoor walks, sending Uber Eats cards to people, dropping off a Christmas card or a Christmas gift to someone, buying presents for the kids at Liberty Ridge today after service, signing up for the Bonnie Lake Food Bank to go on a delivery this week. They're posting stuff each week where people can get involved. Have we expensed all of the resources that we have at our availability to be present in this season. We need to ask ourselves that. The needs in our community have not decreased during the season of absence. They've only increased. And so, yes, COVID is totally real, and I'm the, I'm the first one to say that, but so are the effects of how we're combating it. Mental health is a grave concern we should be having along with the physical health of all of our communities. And so we need to look at this entire time of absence and 2020 and COVID holistically as a a whole issue. Yes, we need to make all the right decisions to be safe when we're together, but we also need to make the right decisions so that we can care for those who are mentally hurting in this season. We're all going to do what is safe for us, but are we actually doing something to surely love people in response to how much God has loved us in this season? These are the things I want to process. And so I feel like we can be secure enough, we can be secure enough in our relationship with Jesus to put on a mask so that we can be in the presence of others in a safe way. We can be secure enough in Christ to struggle through the first two to three minutes of a Zoom call with someone just to get to the good parts of the conversation, just where you end up leaving the conversation. You know, I had a great time spending time with people on Zoom or talking and connecting with a friend. I know we weren't together, but once you get over that struggle to get online and to be there, you leave and you're like, we, had, we shared life together right here. My relationship with Christ is secure enough to want, in the, to want to be in the lives of those who are struggling right now. Not because I'm immune to the struggle. I've been struggling too, but because I know and we know that our God is our refuge in our times of trouble, of ever-present help in times of trouble. Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. And so our action step today, the thing that we can take out of here I think is just to love with your presence. Love with your presence, however you can do that. And so I can't think of a more perfect season to mark all that is absence with our presence. And so if you felt like things have been absent or missing, I hope that you're encouraged that God is with you in this season. I hope that we can think of ways to be present in whatever context we might find ourselves in. And even as people are watching online, how can you be present when you're in an online context and you need to be because of your safety or because of your occupation? You've chosen to really be physically distant from people for the safety of others. But how can you still be present with people even in the midst of that? And so it's challenging. And I'm not saying that everything we do is perfect. Not everything, we all understand that the digital side is not like our preference. It's not the first 
thing that we want to do, but it's what we have right now, and it can still be very effective to help meet the needs that we're feeling and the needs that we're seeing in our communities. And so I just want to encourage you, again, kind of in the second John, so the next letter after first John, one, three, it says, grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. Grace, mercy, and peace will continue to be with us who live in truth and love. And so as we sing this song, the third song that we sang before, I just want you to just listen to the words and just think about God coming to be with us. And if you're struggling like right now, just write those things. I think it's important for us to acknowledge and write down the things that we're missing. It's okay to give those things to God, to write them down and say, God, I've really missed this in my life. Will you come and be present in that absence? But then let that God's presence push you forward to then begin to think, maybe, maybe write those things down. How am I going to love actively this week in response to God's presence in my life? How am I going to show up because God has shown up in mine? So God, right now, we just thank you for the opportunity to come and pray, to come and worship. And we just continue to just ask, Lord, that you would be present in the lives of people. Show yourself so faithful, so present to those that feel lost, that feel like they're just hurting with the losses of the last year. I pray that you would just encourage us to go out and love others. That may we be agents of change, of agents of love, just loving the way that you have loved us in response to just how much you do truly love us. In this season, God, where we celebrate your presence in our lives, let it become tangible so much more than we've ever felt it before. Maybe in the things that we lost, we'll see how you have shown up and you've been present in all that we do. And so we just ask for just a sense of your spirit and in worship in this place as we just lift up our hearts to you today. We ask this in your name.